Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. For anyone who wants to make money and make a difference, grow and leverage your enterprise better, get more done in less time, outsource everything and create your ideal lifestyle. And now, your host, eight times best-selling author and double world record holder, Rob Moore. Hi, this is Rob Moore here and welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur audio and video podcast. I was in the middle of a workout doing a one-to-one private mentee VIP call and I got a fantastic question which I felt could really benefit you watching, listening and it was, what's the advice that you give to your most successful mentees that helps them grow and become successful. So basically, the common things I share with mentees that they take on that makes them successful and maybe differentiates them from the, you know, from the the, the not so successful ones. So I'm going to answer that. I've got seven plus one things, so eight. First off, say hi, tag yourself in, share a message or a question. Morning, Nick. Morning, Neil. I notice you've just um, logged in straight away. That's great. So the things I'm going to cover are having a clear strategy, patience, long-term time horizons, comparison to others. Hi, April. Hi, Claire. Giving the maturity time of your strategies, charge fairly, hunt out the best and model them, focus on what you can control, and then I've got a bonus one as well. Any questions, comments, anything you want to do in the next sort of probably 12 to 15 minutes, I'll be more than happy to answer if I can too. So number one is having a clear, defined strategy. And, you know, let's talk about the property world and the business world. People come in, they want something like money, time freedom, etc. And they see lots of opportunities out there. So in property, you've got service accommodation, deal packaging, lease options, you know, all sorts of different strategies, single lets, HMOs, rent to rents. I think if I didn't say that already. And the benefit of having so many strategies is there's so many ways to make money. The downside of having so many strategies is you get overwhelmed, confused, you don't really know where to start. You can start somewhere, you can be really impatient, think you should have got results quicker, jump to something else and you can end up just literally strategy jumping and never doing any of them long enough to make a proper go of them or get a realistic feedback loop to improve and then make some money. So the sooner you are more, the most clear you can be on your definite strategy or model or niche or system the less time you will waste, the more compounding and 80-20 and leverage and velocity and momentum you'll get further down the line. So there's nothing wrong with taking one, three months maybe, to say, this is me in my learning phase. I'm going to look at all the different strategies out there. I'm going to keep an open mind. And then when the right ones come that fit me, I'm going to pick them and drop the rest. So some people go in and they're just like, they want to make money tomorrow. So they pick the first strategies that are there or they pick the strategies that look like the quickest win and then they get susceptible to get rich quick or schemes or scams. They pick ones that might be right for others but not right for them, et cetera, et cetera. So if you're moving into a new niche and, you know, creating a new product in your business or growing or scaling or you're getting started as a startup, there's nothing wrong with taking one to three months just to be a voyeur. So if you're, like I said, if you're in property, then there's service accommodation, lease options, deal packaging, single layer, HMOs, there's rent to rent, there's different types of options like installment contracts and exchange with delay completions. You know, there's a lot out there. There's various different no money down strategies, doing joint ventures, crowdfunding, and it can be overwhelming. And if you're in a rush 
to make money, too much of a rush, you'll pick the first one because it looks like something that you know could make you money. But you don't know if it's right for you. You haven't worked out how much time you've got, what strategies you'd like, if you're prepared to be active or passive, if you want to merge your passion and profession, you know, the locality, the team you may or may not have already, and all of these other factors. And you've got to give yourself time to work out what strategies not only work, but work for you and align with your values and vision and just ones that work more in line with your goals. So then once you're clear, you've got, this is number two, you've got to give that at least one year or those two or three strategies, at least one year to mature. You can't give them two months and then look at someone over there who's doing the new get rich quick and then go, oh, this isn't working and that'll be quicker. And then you do that for two months and this isn't working and that'll be quicker. Because, you know, that's like a voyeuristic syndrome or grass is greener syndrome. And it rarely ever is. So one year, maybe two years, you've got to give the niche you're in time to mature, to develop, to go over the initial hurdles, challenges, to build a good level of knowledge, to build a brand, to be able to get some marketing out there, to get known for what you do, to systemize, to tweak, to iterate, to pivot if you need to. So number two is giving yourself one to two years in your chosen strategy or strategies to make them pay. Now, those of you that follow my work, you know I have a 70, 20, 10 model of dividing your time between, between one and three strategies. Three is probably better than one. Five is too many. So you might have sort of, I don't know, you might have um, Amazon e-commerce business as your 70 main strategy. Uh, you might have property as your 20. And you might have something else as your 10. So be really clear about what your 70, 20, 10 is. If you just do one thing, it's good because you're focused, but the risk is that it it gets disrupted or if a regulation changes, then you could be left with nothing. I know loads of people who were doing buy, refurb, remortgage strategies with Mortgage Express before the crash and they were left and they thought that the world was ended and there wasn't, you know, that, that they had nothing to do. They didn't evolve. They only had one thing. They put their eggs in one basket. Same with like Salem Rent Back or, you know, if you had a, a physical retail outlet and then business got hard in the recession and you didn't have a website or e-commerce, then again, you may have been out of business. So it's important to have more than one, but focus most of your time on one balance between say two and three. All right then, so number three is have a very long-term time horizon, which is if you have a 10-year, 20-year, 50-year vision, or if you have a vision beyond your lifetime, then you will A, stay more patient, you'll B, make the right short-term decisions because they have a better long-term outcomes, you'll know what to say no to, you'll reduce your overwhelm, confusion, frustration, and actually if you survey, analyse and read up on the billionaires, the people who've changed the world, the people whose legacy are still here, hundreds of years beyond, like Andrew Carnegie's buildings are still here, you know, decades or centuries after he's died, you will notice the common thread with them is they have a very long-term vision and a long-term time horizon. You know, they have patience, they'll endure challenges, they won't get derailed by one little buy-to-let tax change or one presidential candidate or one Brexit or whatever. So... Really important. Extend the long-term time horizon. A way to train yourself to do that is to set yourself lifetime goals and then set yourself legacy goals that go on beyond your lifetime. And interestingly, the the, the sort of ironic dichotomy is the better you get at at setting 10, 50 and 100 year goals that live your life or beyond, the better you get at short-term goals, the more accurate they become because they become more realistic 
and you get results quicker. But what a lot of people do is they focus on the really short-term goals, they have impatience and unrealistic timeframes and they can get derailed really quickly and therefore they get results slower. All right, number four I think we're on is do not compare yourself to others other than for a motivation, inspiration or for a positive leverage uh, you know, of your time, life and inspiration. So a lot of people are looking at others and going either, oh, well, it's really easy for them or look how well they're doing. I could never do that. Or some people are looking at others and going, oh, well, they're no good or they don't know what they're doing. And you never know what someone has done to be where they are. You don't really know behind the scenes. They may well only tell you part of it. They may, they're probably one-sided. They're probably biased. And, um, you know, if they've done well, you don't know the challenges they've had. And if they're not doing very well, you don't know the challenges they've had. And so to compare yourself to others is futile to your own vision, other than to say, I'm inspired by that person. That's going to make me step up and, you know, put more into my life and my vision. Or to look at that person who's maybe not as successful in that area and go, I'm going to help that person. I'm going to lift up and motivate and inspire that person because I then know that they'll go and recommend me to others. But so many people are like, oh, look how great they are. I could never be like that. Or, oh, it's really easy for them because they've got loads of money and they were gifted millions or billions or whatever. And in nearly all the cases, when people compare themselves to others, all they do is deposition, depedestalize, demotivate or uninspire themselves or make it okay to make excuses for themselves and let themselves off the hook. All right, number five, charge fairly. So if you charge too much, people will feel ripped off and they'll go and tell everyone and your overheads will go up and your customer services will increase or you'll get less business. If you don't charge enough, you can't sustain a good overhead, you can't create a good enough service, you attract the wrong types of clients. So you absolutely must charge, you must charge fairly, you must charge with a good margin, but if you overcharge and rip people off and don't give people the service, or you intended to give them the good service, but you don't because you get too busy, because you're too busy taking money and not giving service, then you're out of balance. So there's so many people out there giving free advice all day, every day, and not charging for it, or charging a tenner for something that should be 20 quid, and they can't sustain business, they become bitter, they resent their clients, they resent their industry, they resent people, and then there are others that are charging too much and giving it the good sale and not delivering on the back end. And either extreme will diminish your business, diminish your brand. So you've got to work out a fair exchange. For most of you watching, it's probably charging more. For some of you watching, your fee might be fair, but you've got to give better value. For a few of you, maybe you've just got to charge a bit less, increase the value proposition first, and then increase your prices as you go. Okay, number six, I think, is... Uh, hunt, when I say number six, I think, I know what number six is, but is it number six? Uh, and that is hunt out the best and be inspired by them, get them in your network, lunch them, wine them, dine them, do all their courses, watch all their videos, listen to all their podcasts, add value to them where you can, get them as a friend and keep them in your network for life. That could be the millionaires, the billionaires, it could be the people who inspire you, it could be the people that you like to be around that make you feel good, uh, you know, and, and aren't bitching, moaning, complaining, whinging all the time, they can do rather than can't do. Um, they focus on what they can control rather than what they can't. And I would say 20 to 30% of your key result areas and your time that you invest day to day should be on building a great network, finding the best, modeling what they do, giving them value too so that they'll exchange some time 
for you. So many people taking advice from people who don't know what they're doing, taking monetary advice from people who haven't made any money, reading posts on Facebook and getting derailed or demotivated or, oh, I can't do this because of what someone said that, you know, is, is an opinion or an unbiased, it's just not real. So be very careful who you spend your time with, who you, whose advice you take, do some re- research on them, make sure that they're the real deal. Then when you know that they are and they, their vision and values align with yours, but also they can disrupt you and pattern interrupt you and kick you in the ass when you need to be kicked in the ass and be self-honest and hold you accountable and stop you lying to yourself and call you up on your excuses. So it's not just about meeting people you like, it's about meeting people that will help elevate you to the next level. And sometimes that's gaming ourselves. And, you know, I, I like to impress my mentors, which means when I get a mentor, I will do what I can to um, make them think well of me. And if they use that to motivate me, that's going to lift me up. A lot of people get mentors and then don't do what they say. A lot of people think that you can get everything for free on Google and Facebook and, you know, forums. Free advice is worth every penny. Be very careful who you take advice from. All right then, so hunt out the best, model them, keep them in your network forever, wine them, dine them, lunch them, interview them, and, uh, you know, you'll build amazing relationships that will flourish and um, your net worth will become the sum of the net worth of the people you spend the most time with. Next one, number seven, focus only on what you can control. You know, in recent times, there's been Brexit. In recent times, there's been the presidential, uh, uh, you know, candidacy and, you know, Donald Trump. And the amount of noise I'm seeing about people bitching and moaning and complaining about the system and how he's evil and how this and that and the other. And they're putting hours of time and energy and research into talking about something that they can't control that is... They, even if it is going to have some impact on their life, they can't control that. They can control their personal development, what they learn, how, what they earn, where they spend their time, who they spend their time with, what they invest in themselves, what they say, what they do, the people they attract, the marketing they do, the selling they do, the, the brand they create, the vision they create, who they inspire. They can control all those things. And if they put three hours a day into that, they'd be dangerous. But instead they're going, Donald Trump, Brexit, where, 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 can't do this, can't do that, this not fair, system's fucked, it's all corrupt, uh, you know, World War Three. Ah! Really? I mean, come on. The most likely thing that'll happen is not much. A lot of talk and things will pretty much go on as normal. Yeah, we might have a weak pound. Yeah, prices might fluctuate a bit. Yeah, you know, we might have a couple of tax changes. But in reality, life will probably, 99% likely, carry on as normal. And some of the changes that people perceive are bad are what entrepreneurs can leverage. If you focus on service value, contribution, evolution, growth, building your brand, you know, changing people's lives for the positive, then, you know, use that energy for a... You know, to make a difference, not to bitch, moan, complain, justify and make excuses. All right. And then the last bonus one is being aware of the brand that you're creating. So are you getting out there enough? Are you seeing enough people? Are you repeating your brand values? You know, are you being yourself and being authentic and showing the world who you really are so the world can give you what you really want? If you don't show the world who you really are, the world really can't give you what you really want because you're hiding who you really are. So and be aware of your brand values, your message, be consistent you know, your marketing, your sales, the, the, the investment you make in your business, in growth, the time you spend on social media, all of that should be very clear and focused on what you do and what you're about and the difference you want to make. Don't spread it thin everywhere. Don't read a load of different books. You know, if you want to make more money, read a load of books on money, listen to a load of podcasts on money, hunt out people who've got money and learn from them. So, you know, Bill Gates taught me this years and years and years and years and years ago, which was to um, immerse yourself in the one subject 
that you want to learn the most to make the biggest difference on. So at the moment I'm writing my book, I've got one chapter left on my book, Money. So I've probably read, listened to podcasts and books to the tune of 50 or 60 in the last two months. Now what I used to do was take any book recommendation and read any book and listen to any book. And I'm spirituality and, you know, and health and fitness and Malcolm Gladwell's new book and you know, Tim Ferriss' new book and whoever's new book. And whilst it's all great, it's, it's so nebulous and all over the place that my brain and my thinking and my focus is nebulous and all over the place. So what is it that you're doing in the next three months that you really want to master, that you want to make the biggest difference in your life, immerse yourself, consume your knowledge, overwhelm your subconscious mind in it, and you'll create new habits and you'll get a lot more of that. So another bonus one is if you want to make more money, you've got to learn a lot more about money. And so many people want to make more money, but they've got really bad beliefs, behaviours, projected outlooks of money or people who have money. And uh, there's so much bad advice out there about money from people who've got none. And I guess because it's a popular subject like property or, you know, it's a really popular subject and everyone wants to write about it. The reality is the more you learn about money, the more you see the side that the mass population don't know, but the mass population are poor. So they only know what makes them poor. So they're only going to comment on what makes them poor. So I would say I'll challenge you for the next two or three months if you do want to make more money. Read, study, listen to the podcasts and watch the YouTube videos and the the, um, documentaries and the DVD films and read the books and all the audio, audible programs and everything on money, 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 psychology of money, capitalism, history of money. And um, I promise you, your mind will be opened up to all the things you didn't know, you didn't know, and you'll certainly make a lot more money. All right, so I hope you enjoyed this audio, video, caffeine cast. I actually covered nine things that I'm commonly asked by mentees that when they do this, they become the most successful mentees I have. Many, many mentees I've got have become multi-millionaire net worths, millionaires in their own right, which is an amazing thing to be part of. And whilst there's probably more, there's a a good nine to start off with. If you felt that this uh, video and audio podcast was useful to you, please do share it with others uh, who you think it could inspire and help and disrupt. I want to get the message out to as many people on the planet as I can, that you really can make more money and be a happier person and give more and contribute more. And money doesn't have to be such a um, taboo subject. So this has been Rob Moore. If you don't risk anything, you risk everything.